Okay, all right. Christy and I have a family joke that's really not so funny. Maybe some of you guys have little family jokes like this that years ago when the boys were little, we went on a nice vacation and of course we left late because we weren't real organized, prepared, we're driving out. So we're getting to our destination at like 11 o'clock at night and we're driving so it's dark. We've never been there. This was before, you know, the GPS and the cell phone things. You actually had to pull out a map and kind of figure out where you're going. And uh, of course the boys were restless. They wanted to get to where we were going, get settled in. And you know, so one of the boys said, you know, how much longer? And my response was? 15 minutes. Just 15 minutes. So we started singing a song, kind of like 15 minutes we'll be there. Well, three hours later, six times to the song <laughs> and 15 more minutes, 15 more minutes later, we finally arrived and everyone was so frustrated with me because we were obviously lost, you know? And so now our joke is, unfunny that when someone says well how much longer i'm like 15 minutes that usually means now two to three hours or i don't have a clue how much longer we'll get there when we get there so i don't know if you guys have stuff like that but have you ever been somewhere with someone or you've been driving and you realized you were lost uh-huh yeah you know again back before the phone things i even had google phone when i went to apply for my job at cisco Instead of leading, leading me out to West Jordan, it put me somewhere down in Salt Lake City. And I had to call up and say, sorry, it's my interview, but I'm going to be 30 minutes late because I'm in downtown Salt Lake. I'm not even close to West Jordan. And that was thanks to Google back in the day. So even Google gets lost. But if you've ever been lost, you realize that, you know, first you're confident because, especially as a man, because you're in control, right? You know where you're going. You don't need no stupid map or anything, right? You know how you're going to get there. And then fear sets in all of a sudden, doesn't it? I mean, you realize you start looking around, you're like, uh, this is not right and it's taking way too long. So you have fear that sets in and then you have frustration. Why? Well, because I'm lost. This is stupid, right? I'm just totally frustrated. And then after that, you're in despair. Why despair? Because now you have to figure out where you actually are and you have to figure out how to get to where you're going. Well, we begin this new year with a little series called Cadence. Uh, it's about, a cadence is what? About a rhythm, right? A rhythm of life, being in sync, hopefully in sync. But in the Bible, we see that God lays down a cadence, uh, uh, a rhythm, uh, uh, a timing that God has put into place. And as we start this new year, kind of what we want to focus on is going back to the beginning, back to the start, because whenever you get lost, you usually start off in a certain direction and you start off and start heading out. And then you realize you're out of whack and you're lost. You're out of sync, you're out of cadence, and you have to find your way back into your, your timing. So we want to start off this year, this first Sunday in 2022, in a right cadence, in sync with God, making sure that we're in line with him from the very beginning because beginnings are important aren't they i mean if if you've ever been traveling and and we've done this and you start off and you decide you're going to go hiking and then you go to the wrong path you don't get to your destination do you you are off you're out of balance you're out of whack you're out of timing so we want to go back and see what god's timing is and talk about how we fit into that because we know that god is purposeful yes God has a specific design he he created things in a specific order he does things succinctly and God is never surprised 
God is never confused. He's never caught off guard. And God is never lost. God never leaves us or forsakes us, as the Bible says. But do you ever have those times in life where you just don't feel close to God? You have those questions of like, what am I really doing here? I mean, what's, what's the point? What's the purpose? Or maybe you show up to church and to Bible studies and to worship and personal time and you just, man, it's just painful, isn't it? It's just hard. You, you don't feel like you're getting anything out of it. And it's just like, well, maybe this just isn't worth it. You see, God never leaves us or forsakes us, but there are those times in our life we become distant from God, right? We lose that passion, that focus, that excitement. We, we forget our own spiritual history of what God has done for us and the great things that he's accomplished in our lives and forgiven and done for us. And we forget that God is still using us for future things and doing things now in our lives. So we want to start off this year in a good cadence, a good timing with God, hand in hand, you know, walking and talking with God on the right path. So we want to start off with a good plan, a good direction, a good cadence, and with God in our lives and our focus from the very beginning. And as I said, this sermon series is probably more for me than for you because I've had a week of vacation. So I've got totally out of whack on my schedule. Have you ever done that? I mean, I've been sleeping in late, staying up late. I mean, one night I'm kind of going to bed while Christy's about ready to get up and let the dog out because it's about 3, 4 in the morning, you know, and it totally throws you off whack, which has been fun, but it's only for a while because the result is I'm tired. You ever feel that way? You get out of your regular schedule or you've got to pull a double shift and you're just wiped out. You're exhausted and you just don't have the energy to do the things that you know you need to do and you don't have the desire to do the things that you want to do. Sound familiar? Anybody experience that besides me? So for me, starting off this year is not just getting back in sync to go to work tomorrow morning, but it's also an issue of making sure I'm in line with God. That it's not just a work issue, a personal family issue of Christy and I actually getting eight hours of sleep some night in the near future, but it's one of being spiritually set and established with God, that we're not hindering the Holy Spirit's work in our life. We're listening to God, as she prayed earlier, and we're walking where God would have us go. That is, he talks about, we're not on that wide path that is easy and you can just fumble and mumble along. We're on that straight and narrow path, going to a specific direction, looking for the return of Christ and doing his will and fulfilling his ministry in our lives. So let's pray. God, help us this year, this morning, to recognize and appreciate the rhythm that you've placed in life and that you've built into your creation. Help us to be conscious of that and to humble ourselves to live within your divine boundaries, the boundaries that you've given us that result in fulfilling and a flourishing life. To you be all worship and praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when you hear the word cadence, what do you think of? Army. Army, right. Cadence. Cadence is that, that rhythm, that, that step. You know, you think of it like a marching band or an army. You know, I remember reading a couple years ago that like back in World War II that, you know, soldiers are always taught to walk in a cadence, right? 
to march in line. It looks cool when you're watching that on the old videos. But when they would cross a bridge, you know what they had to do? They had to stop being in cadence because that succinct rhythm upon the bridge could actually make the bridge collapse because it was just like a pounding hammerjack on that bridge constantly. But we think of the word cadence about being in rhythm and in time. But there's also a cadence of being out of rhythm and out of time and out of whack, right? And that is actually what we call annoying, right? Because it's so screeching to us. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But cadence is that rhythm that typically, if it's done right, is appealing and it's good. It's, it's something that lures us in as an, and is attractive because it's something you can count on. You know, you have a steady beat. You can count on that beat being there, right? You kind of know what's going on and you know what's coming. The, the definition out of, out of a dictionary on cadence is this. That's just a little far-fetched, more wordy than I am even, but it says this. Cadence is a modulation in reading aloud as implied in the structure and ordering of words and phrases in a written text. Wasn't that exciting? Do you even know what that means? I had to read it like five times to kind of get it. What they're saying is cadence in a dictionary definition, it, all, it does apply to like armies and bands. It applies to music and the rhythm and, and the notes that go on and the timing. But cadence in a, in a definition for a dictionary is how a speaker speaks, their timing, how they control the words and the influctuations of their voice. It's how they bring the message to you. Now, if you've ever heard a, heard a good speaker, and I'll leave myself out of this, if you've ever heard a good speaker, like a motivational speaker, you know that they have highs and they have what? Lows. They have points where they draw you in, they get silent so you listen, and then they pound out and can grab your attention to wake you up. A good speaker that has a good cadence in his or her voice actually draws you into the story. If you've ever listened to a, a good speaker or a good audiobook, I mean, it's just, it's enjoyable, isn't it, right? Because you're just drawn in by how they use their voice. A year or two ago, we, uh, at work, um, when I was doing the training, I was called to teach some of our managers how to speak in a way that was appealing to their, what do you call them, labor staff, their, their team. Because one of the issues that we were having was that we had good managers, but they weren't good speakers. They didn't communicate well, although they could manage well. So we went through this whole series of how you kind of build up to a crescendo and then you bring things down and you communicate and you change your voice. You don't read in a monotone. And we went through this whole thing on timing and cadence. You know, we have worship music in the morning and we have a certain timing that goes with that, right? That's that cadence that we're talking about. Cadence when done right does draw you in, isn't it? Doesn't it? It's appealing, it's exciting, it's easy to go with it. It's kind of like when you're sitting there and you're walking through the grocery store or the mall and they've got the background, the elevator music on, and all of a sudden you find out you're doing what? Going down the aisles. You kind of beep off into the beat, right? And you don't even know you're listening to the music, you know, and you're kind of tapping your foot and, you know, doing a little snap. And you just do it without even thinking because 
the elevator music, the background music that's going on is good, it's in sync, it's in rhythm, it's in timing, and it's appealing, and you just start adhering to it. Now, have you ever been somewhere, or doing something, or, or singing when it's not in good timing, and it's not a good beat, and it's just harsh, isn't it? It's just tough to listen to because it's like, you're sitting there going along, you're trying to count things out, and it's just, and you're like, oh, it's painful. Well, that's what happens to us when we get out of cadence with God's timing. We kind of get that screeching moment. It's just like, oh, it's kind of like the, you know, the teacher that just takes their fingers on the chalkboard. Remember that as a kid? I mean, Tara's face looked right now like, oh, we can just hear that screech, right? And that bad timing. So we want to talk about God's cadence in life. Because I believe as the grand designer, God has created a specific timing for us to fall in sync with, to be in his will, on that narrow path, in God's timing. So turn with me, if you want, to, to Genesis, back to the very beginning. We want to focus on, on cadence, but we also want to talk about when we're out of cadence, and we're going to label that for this series, Chaos. Because when you're out of sync in life, isn't it kind of chaos? Frustration, anxiety, pain, fear, you just, uh, things are just an effort. So we're going to contrast these two of cadence being the good thing and chaos being the bad thing. We go back to Genesis and we see that God created a rhythm from the very beginning of creation. And that's where we want to start because we always go back to the beginning, right? Sometimes if you're lost, what do you literally have to do? Go back to the beginning and start again, right? You know, if you've ever done things like we've talked about in, in the past where, you know, you went ahead of God and you went before him and you realized you were totally out of whack, well, you go back to the basics, back to God's will, and you start again, right? In the right cadence, in God's will. So we see that God had like, we're going to call it kind of a 70s thing, you know, for Ken Oak. He asked me to do that. It's called being kind of in the groove. You know, remember Groovy? Back in the 70s, bell-bottom jeans, all that that are coming back in style. God was in the groove when he did creation. And that's what we want to look at because God's rhythm and timing, when, he, when we look back in Genesis, when God created everything, he said it was what? It was good. In fact, it was very good. And here's my take. If it's good enough for God, shouldn't it be good enough for us? And shouldn't we recognize that, that if God made something good, there's something that we should look at to see why it was good, right? And what's the importance of what made it so good? And how do we, in essence, take advantage of that and apply that to our lives? So look back with me, back in our, our Sunday school, you probably remembered all this, back from Ellen teaching Sunday school and the whole you know, Bible creation story, but that's where we want to start. Genesis 1.1. In the what? In the beginning, God did what? God created. Those are beautiful words. It's almost, you know, we always say that something doesn't come from nothing, but only with God that it does. God was there, and God created in the beginning. And what did he create in Genesis 1-1? The heavens and the earth. Now, that seems simple, but there's a point to this. 
God made a separation, didn't he? He created out of nothing. But he created two things initially, the heavens and the earth. One is above and one is below. There's a separation. And then we go on and we read, and I'm kind of looking at Gen skipping Genesis 2 and going to Genesis 3 to 5. It says, and God said, let there be light. So there was darkness there, and God created and intervened light into his creation. And there was light. I think this is where Ellen gets her ministry back there, right? She's, she's our, our light technician. And God saw that the light was good. And there's so many symbolic and spiritual applications to light being good, isn't there? In fact, we are called the light of the world as Christ is in us. And then we go on. And then God did what? He separated the light from what? The darkness. So we see a, a separation, a creation of heaven and earth, two differences. Now we have light and darkness, another separation. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was now something new. There was evening, and there was morning the first day. It all seems so simple, doesn't it? It's like, why are we spending so much time on this? But there is deep meaning in here. There was evening, and there was morning. Two different things, right? Evening and morning are different things. Typically, when evening does, what are we supposed to do? Have dinner, relax, go to bed. Morning, we're supposed to get up with the sunshine, have breakfast, and go to work, right? There's different functions for what we're doing. But what you see in God's time, it's a simple one, two time. You know, one, two, one, two, one, two. Heaven, earth, light, darkness, evening, morning. Simple, simple timing. But do you see the rhythm that God has in here, in his creation? There's something that hasn't happened yet. You know what hasn't happened yet? Chaos. Chaos hasn't happened. And man hasn't entered the scene yet. God is doing all this, creating all this creation and setting this spiritual cadence, the spiritual rhythm, in before man is even created and on the scene. Now, all this happens as in the Bible in a 24-hour period, right? God does all this, and it continues to go on in his creation. And we want to stop here and take a pause for a moment. God did this in a day, right? In a day, if we believe the Bible. Now, how many of you have a day? We have one, and then another, and then another, and then another. God was purposeful in his work in the day, wasn't he? He created the heavens and the earth, the light and the darkness, made them separation, the evening and the morning. He was purposeful. When's the last time you really sat down and thought about what you do and accomplish in a day and how you go through that day, the timing that you go through in that day? I mean, Christy and I, we always have our to-do list. And there's always more on the list than there is daytime, right? And sometimes we stretch that, and sometimes we stay up late at night to watch a movie or just to do something, or you know, we stay up cleaning if company's coming over. I want you to think about how you go through your day, if there's a timing to it, or if it's chaotic. How are most of your days? Chaotic, right? <clears throat> there's never enough time to get stuff done. We're always pushing, or we have more to do at work. 
<clears throat> or we get called in on a double shift or something happens, you know, the dog does something in the house or rips up something outside or all of a sudden we got to go to the store. We forgot we had to do that or whatever happens, the hot water heater breaks, the furnace breaks, the roof leaks, whatever is going on and it's chaotic and we don't enjoy it, do we? How many of you really enjoy the chaos of life? How many of you want the peace of God in life? But how often do we get that? Not very often. And why do you think that is? As I said earlier, God never leaves us nor forsakes us, but what do we do? We walk away from God. And here's what we're trying to get this morning. If God has set down a certain cadence in creation, and he said it was good, we should take notice of it, yes? And if it's good enough for God, it should be good enough for us. And if we find ourselves in chaos, chances are we are out of sync, out of cadence, out of the rhythm of God's design timing. Does that make sense? You experience that? Oh, well, only every day, right? <laughs> what if we were completely in sync, in cadence, in timing with God's timing? What do you think that would do? I have an idea because in the New Testament, Jesus says, come to me. And then he stops there, right? No, Jesus knows who he's dealing with, us. And so how does Jesus finish that statement? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you You see, Jesus is speaking to us in the New Testament when he says that statement because he knows we are out of sync with them, right? We are out of whack, and because of that, we have that chaos in our lives, and life is just not, what? Fun. So Jesus says, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. In other words, come to me, adhere to me, be like me, and I will give you rest, peace, comfort. That's where we're trying to go as we remind ourselves to get back in sync with God's perfect timing. So number one, God's design. God broke up his creation and different things. He made separations. He made heavens and earth, light and darkness, evening and morning, and then it goes on, it says in Genesis 1.14 that God created the sun, the moon, and the stars, but he did them for a purpose. He said as signs to further help mark the seasons, days, and years. Now why would God have that in the Bible to say that he created the sun, moon, and stars as signs to further help mark the seasons, days, and years? Well, back to our driving analogy. Anybody ever be driving and just kind of beep off into the radio and not paying attention to the signs? And all of a sudden you realize whoosh, you just passed your exit because you weren't paying attention? Ellen's looking at Richard, Christy's looking at me, Tara's looking at Ken. Oh, yeah, this morning. We've all missed that exit. Why? Because we weren't paying attention to the signs. Simple solution, isn't there? Pay attention to the signs. 
God puts in Genesis 1.14 that he had the sun, moon, and stars created as signs to further help mark the seasons, days, and years. So God has created this, these seasons, these days, and these years, and there's a rhythm to that, isn't there? Seasons, days, and years. Seasons, days, and years, right? There's a timing. And the seasons change. In Utah, we're blessed with four seasons. You know, we have spring and it's glorious because things are popping up and flowers are coming out. We have summer and we complain because it's too hot, you know, and everything. And then we have fall and it's beautiful with the foliage leaves again and they're all pretty and we go and get pictures. And then we have winter and we freeze our little tails off, right? We wish it was summer again. You see, there's a timing through there that is consistent, isn't there? Seasons, days, and times. And that's to be a sign for us in how we live our lives. Did you catch that part in there? We're to pay attention to that. If you are, were a mariner, not a marrier, but a mariner, back in the old days, and you're the captain on the ship, what would you pay attention to to get you to your destination? The stars. I mean, even now, the stars are laid out, and we know the different seasons. If you pull out your little app on the phone, you can see the different constellations in the stars as a sign of what season it is, what time of year, and where you're going. I mean, if you want to go to the right place, you always follow the North Star, right? Keno taught me that, right? But you, you look to the stars, you look to these things as signs to know where you go. God goes on and says in Genesis 1, 26, 27, finally we come to a little bit more creation. It says this, Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us... There's the Trinity right there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created. What did we read back in Genesis 1-1? God created. This time he created mankind in his own image. In the image, God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, what's important about that is we're now in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. So what does that mean? God has been creating from Genesis 1 to 25 before we even come on the scene. All this timing, all this cadence, all this separation, all this one, two, one, two, heaven, earth, day, night, has been created before we were here. And then God created the sun, moon, and stars as signs for us. You see, God has created this, this beautiful timing and these boundaries to live within. Have you ever been trying to sing a song and you just weren't in sync with the song? Christy does that all the time when she looks at me like, you're out of sync. You're not in rhythm. That's not the way to sing the song. Fact that have happened today, right? I was out of bounds and she noticed and you probably did too, didn't you? Because it didn't fit. And when it doesn't fit, as we call it chaos, not only is it not pleasant, it's abrasive. Would that be the word you'd use? Yeah. <laughs> it's abrasive, right? And it's annoying. And instead of pleasantly sitting there singing, you're like, Ugh. wish they'd just get done, right? So there's timing. And when we're out of time, there's chaos. When we're in time, we're in that right cadence, and we're in the right way to be. So back to Genesis, we look at good cadence, God created. There's a timing, there's a flow for us to be in, and we'll look at that for the next three Sundays. Point number two, if you're keeping notes, the chaos of life, the abrasiveness of life. 
Can we all agree that sometimes life is just an absolute chaotic mess? Or should we say that's just most days, <laughs> right? It's just a mess. You see, we're out of rhythm. In fact, some days we feel like we're not even on the sheet music, right? We are so out of sync, we're not even there. We're just not in line with what God would have us to do. We're not in line at work. We're not aligned at home. We're not aligned in relationships. You've all felt that, right? And that relationship is supposed to be so wonderful. And that chaos comes in. And that abrasiveness comes in. And you, would, you just love that person, right? You would just love them to death, literally. If you could at that moment, wouldn't you? Because it's just frustrating. <coughs> when we're out of sync with God, we're in that chaos. I mean, when we're out of sync at work, anybody ever have to pull a double or a triple shift? And you're just tired, right? And then I remember doing this back with Krispy Kreme that I would work during the day and then I was over the guys, the drivers at night. And if a driver didn't show up at 10.30 or 11, guess who got the call to go in? Me. Well, I'm just getting ready to go to bed. And then I get the phone call and I had one special guy that did this on a regular basis. And I just remember going out one night and I'm just so frustrated because this guy just, before we fired him, just would not show up. And I just went out on the back porch because I had had a long day, I'm ready to rest, and now I have to go in and pull a shift at night and run all night long, and I just was screaming in the backyard. That's when the neighbors officially knew that we were crazy, right? Because I'm just yelling, I'm so mad, so frustrated, like this guy is just robbing me of my peace. And now I have to go and cover for him. You have those days? You just, you just, ah! Because it's out of sync, it's out of chaos or it's in chaos. Biologically and physically and mentally, emotionally, it just messes with us, doesn't it? And then what I hated even worse was after I ran that shift at night, of course I did get the pleasure of my boss let me have the day off because I just pulled a double shift, but I'd go and I'd go to bed and you know what I couldn't do? I couldn't sleep because now it's daylight. And I know mentally I'm supposed to be up at daylight, right? So I just laid there in bed and tossed and turned because I should be sleeping in my mind, but I couldn't, and it was just frustrating. That's what chaos is, it's being out of sync, out of order, whether it's physically or at work or in a relationship, but our focus today is out of cadence, in chaos, spiritually. The Bible tells us that our battle isn't against each other, is it? Although we take it out on each other a lot of the time. Our battle is really where? It's against the spiritual forces. It's a spiritual battle. And if we're in chaos, and we're frustrated, and we're tired, and we're worn out, exhausted, is it easier for Satan to attack us in that spiritual battle? Absolutely. You know, what was the old song, you know, kick them while they're down, right? That when a person's down, man, you jump in and you just take advantage of them. You overcome them, right? Do you think Satan just sits there and waits sometimes for our lives to be in spiritual chaos so he could just pounce on us? It's an opportune moment. I mean, we're vulnerable, aren't we? That's the problem with chaos. It's not just that we're tired and frustrated, exhausted. We make ourselves spiritually vulnerable because we're not tight with God. Does that make sense? You see that? Have you ever felt that? Maybe today, maybe recently, where you just, you're just out of sync with God and it just seems like the battle just keeps coming, right? It just doesn't quit and you just feel like you're being beaten down 
more and more and more. Well, truth is, you probably are. Because Satan sees that vulnerability in your life that you're not in line with God, you're out of rhythm with God, and he's like, there's my chance. I can't steal them from God, but I can absolutely make them miserable, right? And that's where he attacks. You see, we find as humans, you ever notice that we find comfort in routine? Comfort in stability? Comfort in knowing kind of what the future happens and what's going to happen? Now, we know that we walk in faith, but if we go back to Genesis in that beginning that God's given us a certain rhythm, isn't there a timing that we can count on? That we can have that spiritual cadence, that routine to know that we can be in sync with God? I think there is. And that's why we need to look back at God's cadence. Chaos is living outside of God's chaos, cadence for us. And so we need to make sure within that 24-hour period, we're in cadence with God. Last point of the day. Our daily bread. Remember that cute little magazine we used to order and have? The Bible talks about our daily bread, right? In the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And we've talked about this many times. The application for us is not to be worrying so much about the future. Why? Well, because the Bible tells us not to. But what do we do anyway? Worry about the future. The stock market crashing, the world ending, you know. Christie doesn't want to go into a concentration camp for some reason. I don't know why, you know. We're always worried about the what-ifs in the future, but the Bible tells us very clearly, don't worry about the future. Why? Because today's got enough chaos of its own. Don't make it, don't compound yourself with worse worries, all right? But what do we do? Because we're out of God's timing, we worry not only about today, but we worry about what? Tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and what if, and what couldn't, oh my gosh, the world is in the sky is falling. Because we're out of sync with God's word. Because God's word tells us what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Stop stressing. We're like, but Lord, we have to. It's the only thing I really know how to do, right? <laughs> I have control over my stress. Oh, sure you do. <laughs> yeah, right. That being out of sync with God. Turn with me to Psalm 1. God, throughout his word, gives us these clues to be in sync with his timing. Again, he says, don't worry about tomorrow because I've got it covered. We say the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We just want enough. We want to trust God for today to get us through and to not be in chaos. Psalm 1 gives us some great insight. It says this, blessed, ooh, I like that word, don't you? Blessed is the man, blessed is the one who wants to be that one. I do, I do, right? I want to be blessed. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight, ooh, there's some desire here. You ever lost your desire? God for others there's a desire here but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and he who meditates on this law oh my gosh here's this timing thing again meditates when day and night 
that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which does something. What do they do? They yield its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither. Well, this obviously isn't Utah, is it? Whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they daily do, direction they prosper. And let's take there's some great stuff in here to be in to make God's sure timing. We're in First thing is obvious. It says, "Blessed is the man who does Psalm not what." Does not stand in the company Next big of the clue about how to be in God's well, says There is a separation. One eighteen twenty four says this: sin entering the world. From, from there are wicked people. Today, and there are godly people. Talk about right? daily bread. And, and God says today, don't right? Be Just with for the today. wicked people. Today That's the is the day that the Lord has. Light cannot be of darkness. Today. God made this day for the Bible you and tells I. Us in Corinthians right? that the two don't match. Then there's a comma. Not which comma always means there's what? together. And anyone oh, wait, who's more. been with those this people is the in the day world that the Lord has who made. don't meditate on God's of that, law day and night, I know will. What, what happens? I when will in relationship what? with them. I will Bad rejoice things, right? and be glad in it. Bad things happen. Because Ooh, they are not of that. God. They are of the Roll world. Roll off they are of the of darkness. And but so Psalm 1 just says this. Rejoice and be glad. Don't be with the wicked. Think about your day Those who put God down. Those who are sinners and live for themselves. No, we're grumbling Don't and complaining and moaning. So that's and our groaning. first clue about how to and be in God's daily age, bread. Is, right? We just you know, do it Now, sometimes at work you have to be around those people, but you don't. This have to is the day that the Lord has made, and you don't have I to will. go where they go. In other go. words, I choose. It's a willful you decision. It's emphatic. I will. You don't even have to be with them. You can just kind of ignore them and pray for them, right? That's what you can do. But God says, don't be with muscles to smile, because that's not thirty-three muscles to frown. But then He goes on. He says this. Just smile. The one so who has muscles, let the other Lord has this delight, this, this right? desire to be. I will rejoice. In the law for this God. is the day that and the Lord. He has such a desire that he meditates. Remember the word meditation. We kind of send friends on your transcendental meditation, like other religions talk about. Outside of God's it's about timing. focusing on God's you know, life is chaotic, absorbing it. That's in. what we're talking about. This is so we're not just sounds, checking off a list of because oh, it I is my three chapters for the day. We as a remember what I read, but I'll read the next three chapters tomorrow. It's in my phone. It's on my timing. I just got to check that box that I did myself. God says, "Come to me." No, it's those of you that are weak and tired and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. And to get that rest, we've got to fall in line with God's will. And God's we, like the Word of God, have to be screaming for our lives. Overflowing. We'll talk about that the next three weeks. But here's what I want you to do. The reality is, when we're in chaos, I want you to take the words of Psalm 8 to heart. And this week, I want you to go back and meditate on Genesis 1. We need to get back and sing with God. Read it several times. If we've lost our desire, focus on our passion for God. And God's timing in that creation. It's us who walk away from God. And then see where man comes in and realize. That all that do? timing was set up as a gift yeah, to you and I, around, just to fit into to and just to fall into. It's up to us. You ever but do? it says this one of those big person who is puzzled, who desires God's law, put the last piece in. God is a good day and night. Assuming yeah. you didn't lose two any of pieces. Times. Two you different put that periods, last piece in, two different and seasons. It's awesome in a sense. Now it's but the one consistency God has is, created all this no matter what the season is, whether it's day or night, they are meditating on the Word of God. Where and then it talks about puzzle a tree that God is blessed by streams of water. Rhythm and time oh, to get in sync with God. That's key. And to be, you ever take the finished artificial plastic tree and plant it by a stream of water? What does it do? The heart. Nothing. When I consider, now for a couple of years, maybe Lord, two, it might look really work good. Work with your fingers. Until the sun starts Move making it, right? The stars. And then it begins to what crack you have set and in die place, and go away. 
But now take a living tree. What kind that your mind? What does a living tree do? And why does God use that imagery of a living tree? You see, to get in sync, we've got to go back to God and be like, tree by the streams of water. God, you are so amazing. And the seasons change. Why would you? In fall, it loses its leaves, right? In winter, it looks dormant. But is the tree still doing something? In the winter, the tree is still pulling nutrients out of the ground and out of the stream. The tree is pulling nutrients from something greater and bigger than itself. Have life and that's something that's constantly moving. A stream moves. Doesn't realize it's constantly changing. There's ice, there's water, there's mud in the spring. It's constantly changing, but it's bigger than that tree, and that tree is constantly absorbing. Start off the year in a good nutrients. Footstep with God, moving, living water. Let's pray. And it does Lord, change. It goes through thank seasons. You. Just Simple like you and I go through Lord, seasons Lord, of life. Us. Forgive us. For we have seasons where we're up. Lord, help us to humble ourselves. Where we're to be in time with you. We have seasons to realize where the things are important to dormant. And take your like word literally about now, but every time meditating on God's word, it really is planned for happening. Like that, give us guidance today. And then we have seasons. But help us just to focus on you for the day. Or it's just because, Lord, we know that when we're worried about tomorrow and all the other things that are going on. We're we not should be focused on nutrients. And we put ourselves in a place where we're bigger, joy, greater than us. Peace see the imagery? Us. That's how the we love stay in sync with God. And our heart invades. And the desire has to be with you or He is called others. the living water, right? He away as well. He's bigger and God greater than us. us. When we are firmly established in and by not Him, having our eyes constantly pulling those nutrients from Him, over the next couple weeks, doesn't matter. To be in time with you and your cadence and your rhythm. To be in sync with you. We're growing. We're doing better. As the old hymn says, we would you know, walk the old thing about how you want to see how old the tree is. What do you do? And as your word says, we would be cut the tree and count the rings of our weariness. Are there winter tiredness in the life of those trees? And we would find summer and spring and fall. But there's a new ring each year because even though, God, like I say, even when the tree is, seems like it's dormant, so much, it's still absorbing nutrients. Forgive it's us still of our growing for creating those rings, doesn't it? Teach us to come it's back. Good. It's good. Quickly. So we need to be planted by the streams of living water that God talks about. Matthew 6.11. As you're turning there, one quick note. of In this psalmist, the Psalm 1, about blessed is man who does not walk in the wicked. If we're planted by the streams of living water, but we're by the wicked, you know what the imagery is there? The wicked are like a parasite. What does a parasite do? It latches onto a host, and it sucks out all the nutrients that the host is trying to bring in. That's why God says don't be the, with the wicked. Because they literally suck the life out of you, especially spiritually, don't they? They draw all that goodness of God out of you and leave you wanting for more. Matthew 6, 11 says this. Talks about the daily bread. Each day has enough trouble of its own, so let's just focus on today. We have that in the Lord's Prayer as well. Daily bread. We've talked about this many times. When there was the exodus out of Egypt, the people were wandering through the desert for 40 years. Did God always provide? Yeah. Did God always protect? Yes. But how often did God provide for them? Daily. Your manna was only good daily unless the next day was the Sabbath, right? And then God gave you extra. And again, think back. Why did God only give them enough manna for one day? So they would constantly learn to depend upon him for providence, right? 
wouldn't it be cool if we could actually learn that in God's timing? Just trust me for today. Don't worry about tomorrow. I got that. God still says a plan. There's good stuff there. But don't worry about it. Do what you need to do today to prepare for tomorrow. That was the imagery of the Sabbath. You gather twice as much so that on a Sabbath you could rest. You see God's timing in there? Six days working, and then there's what? There's a rest. When's the last time you took a rest? Well, Richard and Ellen were all going with them because they're taking a rest for a month, right? But even that, when you go on vacation, does it seem to be work sometimes? All the prep work, all the other stuff. You feel like you've got to be doing stuff. That was the challenge for me this week that I challenged myself on when I took vacation. The protection was daily direction. I told myself, there's a few things and I want to accomplish one day at a time to make I sure just want we're in sync kind of rest with God's gaze. Because I haven't really Psalm done that for a long time. Do you ever find yourself next big clue rest. about how to be in God's time? It's almost like you forgot how Psalm to do it. One eighteen twenty four says you this. keep pushing and going. Probably do this from going from memory. Today, we talk about daily bread and focusing on the Lord today, right? Just for today. Today is the day that the Lord has made. God made this day for you and I, right? Then there's a comma, which a comma always means there's what? But wait, there's more. This is the day that the Lord has made. And because of that, I will, it's emphatic, I will do what? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Ooh, two key words that roll off our lips easy, but they don't always come out good, right? Rejoice and be glad. Well, think about your day normally. Is your speech always rejoicing and glad? No, we're grumbling and complaining and moaning and groaning. And that's even before old age, right? Or you just do it naturally. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will, in other words, I choose, it's a willful decision, it's emphatic, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thirteen muscles to smile. Thirty-three muscles to frown. Quit overworking yourself, people. Just smile. It's only thirteen muscles. Let the other twenty muscles relax right? I will rejoice for this is the day that the Lord has made. Do you kind of sense that maybe you're out of sync with God? You're outside of God's timing and your life is chaotic? Well, that's why we're talking about this as simple as it sounds because it is really simple, but we as a people tend to make life hard, don't we? We make it hard. God says, come to me, those of you that are weak and tired and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. And to get that rest, we've got to fall in line with God's will and God's timing. God has a set timing for our lives. We're going to talk about that the next three weeks. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the words of Psalm 8 to heart. And this week, I want you to go back and meditate on Genesis 1. Read it several times. Focus on it. And find God's timing in that creation. And then see where man comes in and realize that all that timing was set up as a gift to you and I just to fit into and just to fall into. You ever do one of those big puzzles and when you put the last piece in, is it good? Assuming you didn't lose any pieces, you put that last piece in and it's awesome because now it's complete. God has created all this timing and then he created man. And then he rested. 
we're that last piece of the puzzle that God has blessed us with this <clears throat> rhythm and timing to get in sync with God and to be the finishing touches. Psalm 8, 3 and 4 states this. Take this to heart. When I consider your heavens, Lord, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, what you have set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You see, to get in sync, we've got to go back to God and be like, God, you are so amazing. You do this amazing stuff. Why would you even consider me? The answer is simple. Because God loves you. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He created you for a purpose. He wants you to enjoy life, to have life abundant. And in doing that, we have to realize the greatness of God, the meekness of ourself, and take God at his word one day at a time and being as well. Sound like a good plan for the week? Start off the way, start off the year in a good footstep with God, in time with God? Let's pray. Lord, we praise you and thank you for the simpleness of your word, Lord, and forgive us for making it so hard. Lord, help us to humble ourselves, to be in time with you, to realize the things that are important, to take your word literally about not worrying about tomorrow. We can plan for it as you give us guidance today, but help us just to focus on you for the day. Because, Lord, we know that when we're worried about tomorrow and all the other things that are going on, we're not focused on you. And we put ourselves in a place where we're robbed of joy, peace, and happiness. The love in our heart fades, and the desire to be with you or even with others fades away as well. God, forgive us of these sins, of not having our eyes set upon you. And teach us over the next couple weeks to be in time with you in your cadence and your rhythm, to be in sync with you, Lord. That as the old hymn says, we would walk with you and we would talk with you. And as your word says, we would be relieved of our weariness and our tiredness. And we would find rest for our souls and our bodies. God, we love you and praise you so much. Forgive us of our chaos for stepping away. And teach us to come back quickly and willfully. In Jesus' name.